Spring has sprung in the triad, and the Sharp team with Highlands Mortgage is springing into action to help you buy a new home. With the housing market heating up, the best time to act is now to get into a house by the summer. If you've been waiting to move or have questions about buying a home, you can rely upon the Sharp team to listen to your concerns, work proactively with you to find a loan that is right for you, and will take the very best care of you. Call the Sharp team today or just Google their website. When you're grilling on your new back patio or sipping tea on the front porch, you'll be very happy that you did. Get started with an email to our friend Ashley McKenzie Sharp, ashley at sharploans.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y at sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E, loans.com, ashley at sharploans.com. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hi, this is Jason Thiel, and welcome to the Downtown Winston-Salem Podcast. Today, we have a special episode here for you with Will and Christy Spencer. Will and Christy are very popular people downtown and are famous for many things, but probably most of you have heard of them from the Winston Cup Museum, and that has been a downtown asset for many years, and we'll hear all about that, but one of the things that they've done has been a big part of the industry hill redevelopment and so we'll hear all about them welcome to the podcast will and christy hey jason thank you for having us glad to have you and so tell us a little bit about you how'd you guys meet and where did you guys grow up those kinds of things what would you be willing to share with us oh my well the, the how how we met story is I'm, I'm not sure that's even something i can put on this podcast um so we have been together for uh, it'll be 35 years at the end of April. And we met through a mutual friend, essentially. I was in high school and Will was not. Um, we met, it was, the, um, it was the year before my senior year in high school. So we dated through my senior year of high school. Um, Will had, well, actually met at JKS on, on, on Liberty Street. And um, so we both grew up here. I grew up in Winston, went to Reynolds High School, Went to Forsyth Tech and um, never left. I grew up in Winston. Um, lived over by Renola Village. Uh, went to Summit School. Went to Reynolds High School. Went to Paisley. And then um, my parents asked me where I wanted to go to college. And I said, you know, I'm not really sure what I want to do. So I, I took a gap year and I'm still on it. But... <laughs> So basically, I had um, I, I polled my brother and my sister. My brother had gone to Carolina. My sister had gone to state. And I had 10 questions for him. And I got to the 10th question, the most important question. I asked him how my sister was out of state and working at car drugs. And my brother was working at Salem Tavern, waiting tables, living at the farm. And the last question was, how much money are you, do you make? My brother told me. My sister told me. And I added it up, and I said, you know, I think I'm going to take that gap year for sure. So I'm still on it. So I uh, I worked for Piedmont Airlines for a while uh, when I got out of high school, which was a great job. And then in the early, late 79, I went to work for, uh, saw an ad, and I love cars. Imagine that. Uh, saw an ad, if you can sell yourself on Roger West, there's Roger West Chevrolet, car salesman. I said, you know, that might be a really good gig. So I went and applied for the job, and I got a job as a car salesman. And I did that for, 
at Roger West for about six months, and then Rob Fowler called me at Modern and uh, offered me a job and said, you know, I got this Z28 that I ordered for my mother, and she doesn't really like it because it doesn't have T-tops, or it had everything but T-tops. And he says, if you'll come work for me, I'll give you this Z28 for a demo. And I'm like, that's probably not a bad gig. So I did that for... I went to Modern somewhere around, so I was downtown on Broad Street, uh, right there about April of 80, and a, a good friend of mine worked in New Car Get Ready, and his name Danny Lawrence. Um, he still works for RCR. He was Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s uh, engine builder, but he comes to me one day and says, I'm going to go work for Lou LaRosa, and I said, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to clean motor parts. I said, boy, that sounds exciting. Anyway, he left, and I thought, well, it's going to be really boring around here. And I'd been trying to get Ralph Seagraves at RJR Sports Marketing and T. Wayne Robertson. Somebody give me a job pulling a show car because I thought, what a great gig. And I was always told, like, the next job will be yours. Well, the next job didn't come. So Danny left in uh, 1983 about august or september 874 north liberty street there was a building for lease and i leased it for 500 dollars a month and my father's good friend grover mcnair mcnair construction um i had him come look at it and he he looks at me and he goes will you don't want to be downtown i said well I don't know anywhere else to be because realistically my first job was on Trade Street where Mission Pizza is now. I worked for the Big Discount Soul Food Store when I was 13 and a half. I took my mother to get me a work to get a worker's permit because she'd buy me five gallons of gas on Sunday and hold it over me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. For my motorcycles. So I was like, I think I can do that. So I made a dollar, a dollar an hour, a dollar ten an hour plus tips, and I could work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I had been familiar with downtown, and then my great grandfather was B.F. Huntley, that had B.F. Huntley Furniture Company there at Ivy and Patterson. And um, it ran from, he formed B.F. Huntley Furniture Company in 1906 till. 2006 it ran for a hundred years and it became part of thomasville my grandfather and father had the winston steam laundry at 1102 ivy avenue um, that my grandfather bought in 1933 and i worked there and i think all my friends all my brother's friends everybody worked in the laundry in some capacity either feeding the guard dog or feeding the boiler with shavings so I, I had been downtown and uh, didn't, didn't know where else to be. So my, my vision was, there was no vision. I was just gonna do something. And I told my dad, I'm gonna name it JKS because my initials are WLS, which is like the radio station in Chicago. And my good friend Gary used to listen to it. And I was like, I'll just name it after my dad. And that way, if it doesn't work, I can blame it on him. So long and short and turn, my dad had a the buildings at 1102. There was a screen printer in there that didn't make it. My dad had been real creative. Um, 
he built houses and did the laundry business. We closed it in '79. The but anyway, he didn't make it. He was making signs for McLean Trucking, and I knew nothing about the sign industry. My father had had a stroke, and I'm like, I'm gonna finish this job. So I got the equipment from that building because I needed to rent that building, moved it to my building, finished the job, got it done, and then I was buying and selling some cars and trying to figure out my NASCAR deal. And then this gentleman named, uh, um, what was his name, worked at, Bruce Bowers, worked at Legs, Haynes, and Laren Cosmetics. He comes knocking on the door, and I look through the mail slot, nice man there and opened the door and he says I heard you had the equipment that used to be down in the other building and I've got this mesh bag for washing pantyhose and I want to put the legs logo on it and I said Mr. Byers I know nothing about that equipment he says well I'll pay you 10 cents a piece and I said Mr. Byers I know nothing about this equipment he goes I've got a million of them I said you know I did meet the guy that worked for the guy that went bankrupt. Let me call him and see if he can figure out how to make this stuff work. So I took a little 20 by 20 spot in the building and we set it up and um, we started printing pantyhose bags with a blue legs logo. And I started figuring out the, the, in, the what was entailed in the sign industry and um, the, the parts that I learned where there was a gentleman that worked down the street at another sign company, Kenny Ring, and we're still friends. He lives in Charlotte. He came up there and he wanted a job and he knew he was a graphic artist, which was great. And um, we started doing things. And then right there, early 80s, I started doing some work for rentals. And then I went to, uh, we did actually the first thing I did that was Winston Cup related. We did the Winston. We did the unveiling for the Winston and the million dollars at the Reynolds building and Jerry Long um, and all of uh, his, his grandchildren or our godchildren, the great kids. Anyway, he did this press conference and we did a little podium sign with D. Winston and a little banner it unrolled behind him and uh, he announced it. And we did that and that was for Reynolds Creative Services and then a couple months later I went to Jeff Bird that uh, was a manager at SME Sports Marketing and, and they were in the Reynolds building and I had a little stack of four by six pictures and uh, I said these are the things that I've been doing and he looked through about two-thirds of them and he said well you can do about anything we need so JKS had a format format being motorsports and marketing and we were able to do the golf and the racing air shows whatever they were doing and uh, we did that for sports market enterprises for right there 20 20 some years yeah. or whatever so christy was instrumental in uh, uh when i had to be there all those late nights and stuff but we we still do tons of you know work for for rentals, Krispy Kreme, North State Air, um, they're so Texas Pete, which is you know Garner's Jams and Jelly. I mean, there's so many local companies that are historic to Winston that we still have a relationship. We do the police cars and the sheriff's cars and the rescue vehicles as far as the decal and Brandon. So it's uh, it's 
it's uh, as Christy calls it, we're like a company in white. Is that what you call it? We're like a white label brand. White label brand. There we go. White label brand. We don't really get to promote. What we don't we get do. to promote, but we do a lot. Um, we do a lot of ACC stuff. We do a lot of uh, stuff for the Greensboro Coliseum, as far as the NCAA and different different sporting events. Other than most people kind of tag us maybe with racing because that was the key to what we did for a long time. But it wasn't. We never lost our roots. We've pretty much for 30 some years done the police cars and the sheriff's cars. So it's uh, Denny Hooser, Hooser Rental was a great instru- instrumental to me. Um, told me we'd do the Vantage at Tanglewood. And he'd say, you know, Will, he said, those little, the little customers are the ones that keep you in business. So when I get like a big tent at Tanglewood, he said, that's the gravy because you got to have. You got to have all the, the the regular business to be able to do the big business, and it always stuck with me, and that's pretty much been the way it's been for forty years now. Right. You know that's an incredible story, and I'm, I think about we just used you guys to do a wonderful project, which was on the Hillcrest Furniture Building. They did the new window clings on the uh, so that's right on uh, Liberty Street, just north of Fifth. And thank you for that. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Pro- it's yeah. like a small potato, a small no, mosquito on the whole, whole thing. But I think that what I think is, is, and thank you for sharing that, Will. And when did you guys start buying property north of Martin Luther King? Because they own, obviously, the Winston Cup Museum and some other buildings. But how did that, did it just evolve over time? You know, you mentioned the 1980s, and I'm sure if you were buying property downtown, people were probably saying, "That's crazy." Yeah, yeah that's crazy. crazy. Don't buy property. Run from downtown. And um, you know, it's it's now 43 years later. I was doing the math in my head. 43 years later, the last laugh is on those folks. And um, but um, if you don't mind, just kind of sharing how you guys did that in the buildings that you guys own. If you guys. Um, I think, it, I think it, most of it came because of of need um, and the, the the ability to, to to look at what could possibly be or what could happen. I think the 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 big part when we opened the museum in 2005 and Reynolds was getting out of motorsports or sports marketing pretty much in 2003 was we didn't have Martin Luther King through there and we had Liberty Street and 8th Street and there was you know there was no real revitalization piece for for that part of town I mean it was pretty much Christie helped us name it or pretty much named Industry Hill Industry we're the city of industry and everything what we call Industry Hill is collectively 208 acres um Coming here in the next um, month or so, what we call Industry Hill will have its brand new apartments there on trade across from Winston Junction, right next door to Big Winston, which, you know, Hank Perkins and, and Drew Gearsmeyer have been so instrumental and so helpful uh, to me and hopefully this, and return back to them that we were able to partner on a bunch of different projects look at what the possibilities could be um Stimmel that did the design for 
Innovation Quarter helped us with a preliminary, two preliminary plans for, for Industry Hill, you know, from walking paths to what we could do as far as restaurants. And one of the greatest things we created was, was the entertainment zoning. Yeah. And, and that helped diversify what we could do. So the museum was like the, the cornerstone, I guess, pretty much. Big Winston had been done, it hadn't been done, but it pretty much, let's see, and we had what was... And the uh, school, the downtown. The downtown school came, and then um, where Jarvis Battery was, where Allen has the maker spot, which is a really cool place that you right. can have a membership and go beat steel. Mixer. Yeah. Right. Mixer, yeah. You can do that. So, and that was, that was, you know, Drew saying we, we've got to somehow get people to Down come. Here. And then Angelo Brothers came available and they taught Hank and they, they had bought, they bought it and they bought uh, where Mixers is and they worked and got Wiseman. So I would say that Wiseman and then, the the piece for um, we don't call it not see but the Ramcat Ramcat so Ramcat was done and moved down off of Deacon so those those were pretty much the thing and I, uh, that I would say that was the seed but I I would disagree I think Will was the seed <laughs> I think uh, the truth is Will was buying property in an area that no one else had built another building in about a forty year span. Right. And I mean, obviously he bought his first building because he needed a place to put his cars. Mm -hmm. And then this business evolved out of that. And he needed more space. The first building that he built next door to the 876 location was built in 1986 before I met Will. And he was the first person to build a building in 40 years on Liberty Street. Which is where JKS is now. Exactly. It's got the paint shop. Yeah, we've got our main building, which is the Boo building. And then what would happen is as property became available, and Lord knows we had the need, we would, you know, we just, we... We basically hunkered down. Will was like, the ne- it's like playing, you know, a game of chess. I still had my master. Um, he had this huge map, map where he would, you know, what needed uh, to be co- done next. If you, if you crawled to the top of the water tower, you could look down upon the, the area. If you were looking straight down, you'd be right on top of it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So, so it's, I mean, he really was, he he was the seed. I mean, he was instrumental in that. There was, there was some... You know, the, people tried to revitalize. There was the Liberty Street Corridor project, you know, where they were going to, and they did go through and add, you know, new lights so, and yeah, things. And Liberty Street got a bad, I don't want to say this, Liberty Street got a bad rap because <laughs> Liberty Street, most people think of streets about a quarter mile or half a mile at the most. Right. Liberty Street's from downtown goes, to whatever. It's, oh gosh, it's eight miles. Yeah. It's eight miles. It's, just to kind of put it, the, the so, a finer point on it is that, well, if you were to drive down 9th Street between Winston Junction and the Ramcat and keep going eastbound towards the Radar Brewing, uh, all the way past the Winston Cup Museum and Mixer, it'd be packed with cars. And, you know, and that's recent. Yes. yes. But, recent. but from 1980 <laughs> to, then, to now, basically, you're the only constant Yes. And this whole conversation yes. that was there consistently throughout all that time. Yes. And it's an interesting story. People wonder how this came about. And it really, 
When did you open the Winston Cup Museum? When did that? It was, open? It was May eleventh, two thousand five. So, so that was a gift to the city and a thank you to Reynolds to for all of and you that know was everything. Twenty we, years from the first purchase of mm-hmm. a piece of property. So yeah, you know, so I mean, we bought we bought the it was Earl Shives city owned it. I bought it from the city. I talked to. Um, Dirk Page, and we looked at the old mother and daughter building. I had a museum in Nova, Michigan, that was looking to relocate, or they were get they were losing their space. But the mother and daughter building couldn't hold the weight of the cars, which is where Mercer Park is right now. Right, yeah, exactly. so yeah, so the um, bought the building. I like, yeah, I bought it in two thousand three. Yeah, two thousand three, four. Yeah, it was not and in good had, shape. You know, I called Kirk. I think it was Kirk with the real estate department and and the day we closed and I said um, you've got eight tenants in here and if you could come get them I'd greatly appreciate there, it there's some people there that don't belong so there. they were they, they 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 had housed there so anyway um, we worked on the museum through 2004 pretty much that whole year and um, and operating the primary business, JKS, yeah. just literally, you know, not more than a half a block right. from there on Liberty Street. Quick break from the show to get serious for a moment in my serious voice. For real, though, it's time to get serious about your financial future. It's never too early, but it could be too late to get started. And that's oftentimes the hardest part, getting started. How much do I save? Where do I invest? Do I save for college or retirement? How much for each? And who do I talk to about it all? Okay, we'll keep things simple for now and help you answer the last one. We recommend you begin with a local financial advisor. And that's Jennifer Johnson of Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. She'll sit down with you for a complimentary introductory consultation and go over all of your questions. Get started on the path to achieving your financial goals. Visit 3magnoliasfinancialadvisors.com or call 336-701-1600. Get comfortable with your financial future. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. Retirement, financial planning, and investments. Securities offered through Satara Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors and Satara Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Satara is under separate ownership from any other named entity. It's hard for people to understand, like, when they don't come here, they're just relocating here, that the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company basically brought NASCAR you know, to the forefront of sports market oh, yeah. through their sports marketing, the Winston yeah. Cup itself, and 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 a lot of people just don't remember that. A lot of people do, but it ended up that you guys had property that you guys have owned, and I'm going to move this towards the more modern time with Robert Hall and Radar Brewing, and just to look at the collaborations that you guys have done. But one of the things that, if you look next to the JKS headquarters where the paint shop is and the graphic design operations are and all the other business ends of it just to the west of it is the front end of what was the old robert hall sign and people look at robert hall what is robert hall people a lot of people don't realize that robert hall was a kind of a department store for men's clothing right that's correct and it was like a it's a nationwide brand Mm -hmm. but you guys were able to take one of the neon signs put it on the front of the building and there's a lot of people that probably went around robert hall they have no idea that there's this there's a connection it it was at highway number eight and 52 right it's you know it's still there i think it's a car lot now but 
but it yeah. was it that was where it was. It was one of the cool things about those buildings. So when Will bought the Boo building, it was originally part of Cohen Hartman Sign Company, and in the basement were stored uh, a treasure trove of antique signs. But he didn't have any way to get them out. You know, I mean, they were like in the basement. So they stayed in the basement until we renovated that building for some tenants. 2018. And Will was like, we got to get them out. So when we were pulling them out, we we owned the building next door already. The the building next door was purchased from um, Bob McCormick, who was a dear, dear family friend of ours. He had a machine shop next door. He could make anything. He was brilliant. That's where radar is now. Well, yes, part of it. He was in that entire building. Um, and I remember walking through that building with yeah, you when it was way back in the not day. in great shape, right? I don't remember how many years ago. It was at least ten years ago. But it's I think what we decided we were trying to figure out what to name the building, and that's you know the signs we knew they were cool, and this tie to Bob it was like an ode to him. He was such a great man and a huge influence on us. So that's how it got called Robert Hall. Just been working on the signs with the sign company at the time. No, no, the, no. Bob. Bob basically. Uh, Mr. Hartman, it was Cohen Hartman Signs. He started at eight seven four, and he built and tore down or added on that building what we or the complex we call Robert Hall. It's it's twenty thousand square feet indoor outdoor space, and uh, he got the left the Robert Hall building from Mr. Hartman, and Mr. Hartman had downsized. But the, the 874 building in the basement had all the old signs. And they were there, you know, I mean, there was 20-some of them down there. And I and people would come. They had had an auction somewhere in the, uh, I think it was 79. So that's when Cohen Hartman went out of the Yeah, and, and a gentleman bought the building. And I leased the building and bought it from him. But the, the funny part was for a decade, people would stop by and say, I hear you got a bunch of old neon signs in the basement. I'd go, no, nah, they, they were all sold at auction. So they, and everybody said, Christy said, what are you going to do? And I said, we'll do something with them one day. And we've been able to, to use four repurpose or five of them and repurpose, you know, repurpose them. Neon until we, um, you know, I can take some ownership in this so that I really forced the issue and really wanted neon to come back onto the books as an allowed signage type. And it was hard to believe that that wasn't was allowed. Yeah, it was, and and I was so pleased. And it's it's not an easy form, but in that building, Robert Hall is um, it's a really cool space. It's like a a a very very nice meeting hall, a meeting room space for things like wedding receptions or any type of celebration. Am I getting close? Yes, it's so it's essentially a private event space. Mm -hmm. Um, It has three areas, three distinct areas. Um, and then also has a separate little business on the on the inside called the Huntley House, which is a five-bedroom Airbnb. But Robert Hall itself, it has what we call the vault, which is the downstairs area. Um, and it's about 2,500 square feet. Then we have the upstairs private bar. So again, it's not open to the public, but you can rent it out for an event. And it's called Capone's. Um, and the reason it's called Capone's is it goes back to Will's... Um, this necessity to collect odd things. And um, he swears he didn't buy the bar on eBay, but I'm pretty sure that is what happened. He was on eBay one night and this beautiful mahogany bar comes across the feed. And next thing you know, he's buying this bar sight unseen. Um, he sent our guys up to Michigan. I don't remember the name of the little town. No, no. Um, 
Bell, not Bellevue. Anyway, a Niles, little miles. Niles, Michigan, Niles, Michigan, to pick it up at an old train switching station. And they had a little cash, and it was kind of spooky. But anyway, they had <laughs> got this bar. They said out of a supposedly an old haunt that was Al Capone's. The, either the building was been renovated or was being right, raised. Right, the bar was pulled out. So it was this. it was in about five huge pieces with two bar backs. And that was ten years ago. So I mean, he yeah, bought this bar and it sat in storage for. It sat actually in the building where Radar is now. Yes. Along with remember and the race cars and the I mean it was just packed full of stuff. But, you know, I think what's interesting, and this speaks to Will, just his innovation and his, he has what I would call the gift of sight. You know, in 2018, he just decided that we were going to take the Robert Hall, I mean, the, the backside of that building, the, the rotund roofed building, and we needed to get a brewery. And that was that. So we went into the building, took, you know, like kind of cool pictures. And then I went on the hunt for some outlet to find brewers who might want this space. Um, there's an online site called like the North Carolina Brew Guys. And they were really, really nice guys. And I said, I don't know if you have anybody who approaches you looking for cool space. So they helped us kind of put it out to the right industry. I couldn't get anybody locally to call me back. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, lady. Um, and then I think that's really how we ended up with so, the radar guys. Well, yes. So Sam, Victory at Wiseman, um, when they were doing, I met Sam through Hank and Drew, and um, I knew for for that type of building to have that much indoor outdoor space, the a brewery would be a good would be a good fit. So it it worked out with Radar. Um, they the collective mix of what we've got now. I mean, we've got three, right? We've got Fiddle and Fish. Right, we've got Fiddle and Fish, Fish Wiseman. And them. It's, and so people, we've got three within right a half together. a block of and each people, other, which makes it great. But having, like, you know, when Radar opened, so they we finished their space out right at the beginning of 2020. I think they, they opened, opened up January, January 1st, 2020. And, um, and we had, at the time, our plans were... We didn't have a clear vision of what else was going to happen to Robert Hall, but there was maybe going to be a restaurant and then upstairs, maybe a bar open to the public. And then obviously COVID happened. <laughs> and so it's all sat there for 18 yeah, months. It was, didn't touch it. There were no, like, you know, all the plans just went stop. Paper on the, paper on the windows to yeah. the other side. And, um, but then we, you know, then we kind of, you know, as we were trying to save our own business, I mean, JKS, you know, our primary business, I became president of the business um, right before COVID happened, too. So that was fantastic. She got a certificate the 31st yeah, of, uh, yeah, of 2000. Yeah, it was like, well, right. It was like 2019, November 1st. And then, you know, COVID. I mean, it was just, you know, I didn't. It was scary anyway. What but, do you guys have planned for the area just to the east of the Winston Cup Museum where you have the um, the silver um um, yeah, I love that you know what's northwest, south, and east. Because like I'm like I'm not, let me the, think about that. that, that <laughs> the the building with the steel. Yeah, the problem is that it's only a thought. It's only a oh the steel the truss. Lot, yeah, the yeah, steel truss. Lot next to the so museum. I have a uh, big screen TV trailer that. I built for NASCAR. It's really great. It's you take yeah. the races and set it, it up. And it went to it. It used, I, to, it used to it. It went to five hundred and some. So you used to see <laughs> it at the start finish line. So we've um, taken it from uh, 
five racks of equipment, five racks with 34 pieces of equipment to one rack and moved it to the back with four pieces of equipment that did that are digital that did everything that right. the five so racks with 34 <laughs> pieces of equipment did the change that's of technology how, but if they never reinvented the light bulb the led the led 23 millimeter pro star panel it's been it's encapsulated inside of a trailer since it's been outside less than five percent of its life um and they were built by sony it, it's just like brand new. I mean, I've built other ones since then, and the problem is that the technology or the first technology and what Sony did and what's built now, the, the, the quality's come a little but different. So we're going to do, to do, to do outdoor drive-in movies. Right. So, yeah. Now that's the plan. That's what I thought, and I, I was trying to explain it to somebody that I, mean, I thought not so. not necessarily with your car. Like, this is really more like sitting in the air. You know, like, so you put up the big screen, mm-hmm. you come and you hang out and you watch some cool car movie, you know, something. Yeah, so we did a, we had a car show this past weekend. Every third Saturday at the Winston Museum, it's great. Um, there were 30-some cars. There were a lot of makeup car shows this past weekend. Yeah, weekend, but a we, lot of things happen. But we ended up with uh, 30-some cars, you know, a lot of people. So what we would do is we do like a, a do a primary, let's say, a Mustang car show, get the Mustangs coming, and then show the movie Bullet. Right, like tie a movie tie, to You know, start a movie. Because the, the, the big screen TV works outside so that's in the daylight. Big, so it's, big picture. Yeah, so it'd be fun to do that. Do, do lunch or however, do an afternoon movie. I want to take a quick break from this show to do two things. One, we'll say thank you for listening and supporting the Triad Podcast Network. Just listening to this episode is appreciated. Second, I want to ask that you support a local business that supports us as a presenting partner, a real estate company we trust, the Ginther Group, located in Winston-Salem. Right now, in the spring, the housing market is moving fast. You need someone you can rely on to assess your situation, read the data and trends, and steer you in the right direction. Interest rates, inventory, new construction, there are so many factors that impact our local market. Don't buy into the national internet headlines. Get the information from the folks right here in our neighborhood. Contact Blake Ginther and the Ginther Group today. Whether you're buying or selling, have cash or not, or if your home isn't in the ideal condition for selling, chances are they have a solution for you. Call 336-283-8689 or visit theginthergroup.com. Buying, selling, investing, or just learning, whatever you need, start now and, like me, you can become a Ginther Group client for life. What have we missed? What have we not touched on that is something that you guys would like to talk about? I want to talk about Robert Hall's Secret Supper Society because that's kind of my most recent passion. Um, I tell people, you know, my primary job, it's really a lot of pushing numbers and dealing with employees, but the Robert Hall is truly where my passion is. So, you know, not only do we get to do private events for people, and that's fun, these weddings and all the private parties, but we've created the concept of a supper club. So to bring back the essence of when people actually got dressed up and went to dinner and expected entertainment and great food. And we've paired it with, um, with a friend of mine who, um, 
has created what's called the Short Street Project in Kernersville. It's a um, 9,000 square foot commercial kitchen that allows basically culinary entrepreneurs to come in and it gives them a space to practice their arts and find out if they do want to open a restaurant or if they want to do a catering business. So we have access to 75 different chefs. And what we're doing is about every eight weeks creating a new supper. And so you have to join as a member to be able to come. So it's a ticketed kind of dinner event. But you come and you get to have this fun experience. We just had our, our last one on Friday and we had this incredible jazz musicians come from Elon University, and um, we had Chef Jordan Rainbow, a local chef, um, to do the food. It was tapa style. And it's really just to get people together. It's, you know, after COVID, people want connection, and um, it's, they are so much fun. We're having the best time with that. What, how much time does that take for someone to participate in? Like, how much would they invest in a Friday or Saturday night? Well, it's a couple hours. Like, this most recent event, like, we opened the doors at 6. I had people right there at 6. And I think we... They lingered. <laughs> they were they were still there at ten thirty. Um, you know that's but that's the essence of a supper club. It's not go sit at a bar and have your dinner and get up and leave. It's you're there for the entertainment. You're there for the experience. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think the the part that's so cool is because depending on the theme, like we did. First one was a cabaret. Theme. Cabaret, and it was upstairs, downstairs, and it just depends on the event. Oh, right. Yeah. It's, it's like the exact opposite of fast food. It like is how the far, exact opposite. How far can it we get from modern, fast food? <laughs> what we call, what I call, a ship kitchen. It has a, a modern 600 square foot kitchen with everything that a chef like needs to plate and and get there, and yeah. and you get like so that pre, five star. Pre prep their food, yeah. bring it, plate it. And we've had, you know, just, we've only had the supper club. The first one was in, I mean, in uh, January. We've got like 150 members already. So the idea is resonating, which excites me. I love to entertain. I used to do that a lot in our home, but I've just gotten too old to do that. And this is the way to do it. It's almost like the dining room is getting, um, it's like our... um, um, like part of our genetic uh, things that we've forgotten. Like what? What don't we need anymore in our right, body? Exactly. Like uh, right. Like we don't have a tonsil or what do you get taken out of your just, wisdom teeth? Yeah, and you just don't. Uh, they, they're like yeah, genetic. Do, do but, <laughs> but we don't need them. I mean, yeah. but I think there is. I think people do still appreciate those kind of opportunities, yeah. and so providing them with that. It's, uh, we've had such great feedback on it. So. People are meeting new friends. People are meeting. I, I'm meeting people I don't know at all. I mean, or, that's so Or maybe you so thought you knew fun. and you didn't know them I, as well right, as you did. Exa- maybe, right. People that you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, got, we've, got, we've got great views. We've oh, got great beautiful. parking. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is accessible. And it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, trade street but it's it's not trade street right. it's it's its own entity which is is incredible i yeah. think you know and i think being able to bring i mean eventually wouldn't it be great to have more restaurants and more yeah. more things to do on our end of you know of industry hill but until then this provides something new for people to do and if we're able to build up enough interest in it to where we could do a ticketed dinner every two weeks people go gosh on thursday night i'm gonna go to robert hall and have a meal yeah. i don't know who the chef is but there's going to be a brand new you know something new and it's booked out now through 
the furthest wedding booked is through yeah, October we're, we're of 24. We're booking weddings for 2024, which yeah. does completely blow my mind. I mean, it's, and, and we have <laughs> three you. or four very a week people come and take tours. Of yeah. us, and Chris has been doing a great yeah. job. I think when people see the space, it is, I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's really special. I have to say, I mean, it's a really, and that's why I really wanted to get you guys on the Thank podcast you. to talk about the Thank rich wide variety of things that you guys are both involved in. We and call ourselves serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. So the Holly House... <laughs> we have something wrong with us. Yes. The Holly House was the original 1925 building at Robert Hall that was built on eight times. There's even part of a house in there. But anyway, it is a great venue itself because you can do the wedding. They, the party can stay in the Airbnb. But I lost my... I had a lot of his. I got a lot of history in Winston, and and, and I lost my mother back in October and, of 2020. And we, 2020, and we came up. You know, this we've is, got all this stuff, right? And so, it's, and she would, and we had talked to her about it. She knew about the yeah, Airbnb, the Airbnb. But the intention was never to decorate it. So the rooms are as made. a memory to her. Christy can tell you, yeah. So yeah, tell her, tell her the name. tie it's, is. I mean, the Airbnb makes sense for the event space because it does provide a place for people to stay on site. But like this coming weekend, I have it completely booked out for the furniture market and nobody's using the event space. So you can book it outside of the event space. But basically when Anne passed away, I I thought what a great way to honor her. So each room is named after a family member and I used her furniture. It's kind of like, you know, because her house is gone. It's been sold. It's kind of like a way to go visit her. Um, So it just has, it's so I like to tell people it's decorated like your weird aunt. You know, she's cool when you like her, but it's a little odd. So Frank Spencer <laughs> was my great uncle, my grandfather's brother. So there's a picture of and Frank. Baby picture. And he and in every picture, and I call it this the the wall of shame, the like stairwell. The spooky wall. There's Frank, and he looks like he's in a dress. Right, looks like a girl. Yeah, he looks. And, and then in the family picture, with his their father was a doctor. Doctor Spencer lived on um, Brookstown. Brookstown. There's a family picture, and he, he's dressed in it. I'm like, they really wanted a girl. Right. But there was, there was, there was only three boys, but they right. really wanted a girl. So, you know. But we were able to take, yeah. we love history, and we love historic renovation. We were able to take those things and put them all into the essence of Robert So there's Hall. furniture even from Mr. Huntley's house on Country Club Road. They're bidding in Plymouth that was it his house, Came out of house. Yeah, so yeah. there were things that had just been like kind of lost, lost but not thrown away. But now, you know, they've been repurposed or whatever. So it's really, it's, it's fun. Huntley Furniture and stuff. So it's fun. Yeah. Is it the same family, the Huntley Furniture family? Yes. It's my great grandfather. Yeah. B.F. Huntley. So the yeah. Huntley house was named after B.F. Huntley. How about that? Yeah. So it was kind of like how... They have very interesting names, and that's why I like... Like, they're just odd. Like, you know, like one of the names is the Stoddard Room. That was one of their names. It's just like fun names, and then tying the furniture into the room, you know, makes people go, what is this? It's like being in someone's house. It feels like a house. I think one of the things that really amazes me about so many of the people I've gotten to know in Winston-Salem is, well, first of all, you guys are very modest. I mean, you guys are people that know a lot of people, prominent people in many different industries. And we probably could have talked for hours about just the amount of stories you have from racing. And I think from the standpoint of what I think our downtown listeners is, they should have a lot more 
understanding and a better idea of who you guys are and the impact and longevity that you've had. And I want to say thank you so much for your investment in downtown Winston-Salem and what you've done and the confidence that you guys have had in our story, your steadfastness, and just the amount of times that I've seen you show up and do things and be a part of the community. You just guys really deserve a lot of credit and praise, and it's just your your modesty and the way that you tell the story is so understated that it almost strikes me that people need to understand that that you guys are a significant part of our history and the the Winston Cup Museum in and of itself if you think about the nostalgia behind the reopening of North Wilkesboro's raceway it's almost impossible to tell the story about the North Wilkesboro raceway without the Winston Cup you can't tell the story without it and so as everybody gets excited about the races that are coming up there the all-star race this year and the incredible racing history and even um, the history of um, NASCAR itself and the folks that you guys have interacted with it. It's like, you know, the Winston Cup Museum is right here. It's a huge asset. And having been through there several times myself, it's well worth a visit. And I think the uh, Supper Club, although you're going to have to get on the wait list, you know, it's something that you guys can always visit Radar. And, you know, you think about the the great story, but we're talking about a bar that Will went and picked up from Michigan that was cut in five pieces and he re-put together to, you know, you know, you can't, you you have to envision this bar to realize that they don't make bars like this anymore. And, yeah. And so it's just, it's a pretty remarkable piece of Winston-Salem's history of downtown. And just thank you for being a part of our downtown podcast. Well, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Yes. We've got a lot more things to come. That's downtown. what I was going to ask you. It's like, you know, but we'll, we'll have to re-interview you yeah, guys right. for the next one. But I just think that we got a lot of projects coming. It's a treasure trove of fun stuff. And um, thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.